Tabletop Radio Hour, your podcast for everything tabletop. My name is Zach, and this week I have the regular crew. I have Mark, and I have Steve. Mark, how are you today? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm fairly okay myself. Okay. Steve? Um, today is a critical hit. A critical hit. <laughs> yes. You're doing well today. Mm-hmm. As, in, as in maximum damage or maximum uh, recovery? Which... Possibly both, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Oh, the jokes. <laughs> Today's going to be a fun episode uh, because this is the first talk show we've done in a while. True. Um, we've been playing a lot of games recently. But like we always do, we want to start with our segment, Wish of the Week. In Wish of the Week, we talk about anything we're excited for, from movies to RPGs to video games. This week, we'll start with Mark. Oh, yeah? Mark, do you have a wish of the week? Okay, you asked for it. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Wait, no. We're, uh, this week, yeah. we'll start with, with Steve. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, Mark, go ahead. Okay. My wish of the week is that I wish that I had a wish of the week. <laughs> <sighs> Let me elaborate. That sounds like a cop-out, but there's a, there's a story here. It's I definitely a cop-out, I know we've talked in the past Mark. about the... Uh, dark days of role-playing when everything was a d20 system mm-hmm. horrible system destroyed many games just does not work we've all been there yes yeah i have been looking through uh drive through rpg kickstarter and everything seems to be taking a turn towards becoming fifth edition clones um, mm. Have you guys noticed okay. this trend? I okay. So the the first time I noticed this trend was with Pathfinder, because well, yeah. let's be honest, um, they're they're pretty much mirrored at mm-hmm. this point. Yeah. Um, but I I'm not as prominent on Kickstarter anymore. You know, as much as I was. Sure. <laughs> you know. Before, but um, I've no- I'd noticed a lot of people that create content or um, or supplements, um, game modules, etc. Mm-hmm. Was pretty much only fifth edition. Yeah, that is that's the that's the only trend I've uh, I've noticed. Well, it, it, I've seen a lot. There, there's been a lot of. Uh, um, there, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of using 5th edition for uh, community-created stuff, but even some some names, uh, I was... Uh, well, let me pull up Kickstarter a second. Um, I noticed uh, there's a game called Rocket Age, which I had been looking at, and now they're coming out with a revision that's 5th edition rules. Uh, but uh, taking a mm. quick glance here... 
it seems like a lot of stuff is just kind of flipping over to fifth edition versions of existing games, which interesting we know you know we've seen that and i thought we had gotten away from that well um, yeah because i mean we when we talked about this before like D rules are good for D, but they're not necessarily good for everything like you know it's it's you've got you know knights and sorcery and that's you know check 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 but maybe not exactly. every other genre in the world needs to run on exactly those same mechanics right mm-hmm. right um yeah here's, here's an espionage game that's that's fifth edition there's a um superhero game that's fifth edition you know rocket age is fifth edition you know it's just creating all these skins and i know there's pros and cons to it you know it's it's a way of getting your players to go into into a different genre when they don't want to learn a different set of rules but uh, right you know it, I, I mean perfect example it killed seventh c originally mm-hmm. doing exactly this and uh you know, it, it's scary to kind of see that that starting to rear its ugly head again. Yeah. So something I've kind of noticed with a lot of things, um, the tabletop industry goes through phases. Yes. Um, and I think those phases are necessary uh, for for people to realize how creative they can be, hmm. because. You know, with the whole D20 system and everybody converting to D20 and now this happening again. Um, and with, with the, it's a great thing you mentioned 7C because with that, it gave uh, John Wick the idea to be creative and to go outside of this bubble. Well, I, I think that we had sort of a complacency thing happening around the time of like D&D 4th and the D20 things. And people weren't really being ideally served by this massive industry juggernaut of RPG kind of uniformity and solidarity like it wasn't really helping players and and nobody was really Mm -hmm. happy with it and that gave pathfinder the in they needed to like like jump out there and make a huge name for themselves um and you know i think but they they did pretty much the same thing and that yeah they they were the same rule system yeah essentially yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) same world too mostly but yeah yeah pretty much copy paste but i think i think it it's required that the the mass of the you know big name companies come together and do the same thing so people can branch off and do their own thing because i know the the person that made uh the heist game what is it uh Mm. dusk city outlaws was part of fifth edition um you know the the creators behind fifth edition and then decided to branch off and do his own thing um so I mean, and that that fuels that creativity in people. You know, they they get bored of doing that same thing, and then they have to break off, and that's what creates these amazing, wonderful games that we love. I I guess so. It's just you know we we've kind of come into yeah. I thought we had, but it just seemed like we had gotten past that. There's so much uh, diversity of stuff available online now through things like uh, Drive Through mm-hmm. RPG and just you know beyond. The, the two yeah. or three games you find in your your comic store, um, mm-hmm. that uh, you know, I, I thought we had, you know, I, I, it's disappointing to see the pendulum swing any other way. I guess. Well, 
Kickstarter gave us this huge kind of burst of innovation. Suddenly, everybody in the mm-hmm. world could just make their own game and, and pitch it to the public and possibly get it made and sell it and not have to go through a studio or publisher anymore. So we saw some incredibly right. diverse and interesting things come out. And, yeah, we saw some junk, too. So, like, honestly, uh, like, I, I, I think that, you know, now that Kickstarter is starting to kind of simmer down a little bit and it's not Gold Rush territory anymore... Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping that we're just, you know, on the downside of another cycle and, you know, that mm-hmm. once this kind of works its way out of the system, then maybe it'll repeat and we'll get a lot more creative stuff um, in the next. Exactly. Week. Yeah. <clears throat> OK. And okay. and as harsh as it sounds, it, it kind of weeds out some of those creatives that didn't succeed as well and, you know, maybe weren't as successful with their you know experiments in doing a different game. Um, and, and maybe get better and, you know, you know, do something better on this next cycle around. Mm -hmm. That's true. And, and you do still have some of the companies like Modifius Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, you know, some of the others that are still putting out their own different system. Um, and I, I I hope that, that we don't completely lose the the diversity Mm -hmm. as much as we did back then. Uh, but as of right now, there's a very large insurgence of of, um, of people behind Tales from the Loop. Um, yeah, yeah, because I look through the the tabletop Reddit page, and mm, it's just uh-huh. Tales from the Loop, Tales from the Loop, Tales nice. from the Loop. Like it's just blowing up right now. Nice, nice. Um, so yeah, it's good to see that among the all of these uh, these clones of of Fifth Edition. It's good to True. see that 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 light is still shining yes Mm -hmm. yes and and anything we can do to hang on to that i think is a good thing so absolutely there's that yeah but mark's mark's wish of the week was a topic this week so uh (laughs) let's move on let's move on to steve well i don't know if i can i can follow that up exactly but um (laughs) yeah my wish of the week is uh they're making a video game based on werewolf the apocalypse called werewolf the apocalypse earth blood okay yeah and um it's uh uh, being made by uh uh, cyanide who i'm a little bit ambivalent uh, or uh, apprehensive (laughs) about okay the last thing they made was that call cthulhu Cthulhu game game. exactly and you said that was okay right or it was decent it was slow the storytelling at the you know at the point i was in the game um was just slow up until that point well as far as i can tell cyanide made that and like a thousand tour de france cycling games and pretty much nothing about third person action rpgs well they they did recently make a warhammer game oh space hulk tactics let's not go there (laughs) <laughs> um i wasn't aware of the uh the status of that game basically eh, it's this uh 40k games of their own checkered history so i'm not i don't know but yeah it basically i've never like on my head i'm thinking yay god of war with werewolves i've been waiting for this for years and then like the rational side kicks in and says just don't pre-order it dude <laughs> like mm-hmm. wait till the reviews come out but ideally i really want this to succeed because i've been a big fan of werewolf for like since i was a teenager and i really 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 want to just murder stuff as a werewolf for three hours in a row so yeah exactly <sighs> here's hoping hope yeah, here's hoping, hoping. Hope, yeah. cross your fingers that's all i got it's due out next year so i got plenty of time to polish it up <laughs> oh yeah they, they got a lot of time to do mm-hmm. do that game justice yep uh for me this week um i believe in this previous week um the everyone is is john book shipped 
Um, mm. So it is in the mail. So I'm excited to get that that hardcover book. Awesome. Nice. But uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. And uh, something that's kind of a wish of the week. I don't know. But um, I've recently started playing a game called Lost Odyssey. Uh, it was a game for, I believe it was just the Xbox 360. It was. It was exclusive. It was yeah. just the Xbox 360 exclusive mm-hmm. uh, that had about 12 discs. And <laughs> Not a lot, three, but a lot of discs. That yeah, thing was heavy. It had yeah. three. <laughs> it, it was a lengthy game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it came out in, in 07, I believe. But um, but yeah, it was just a beautiful game. And I, I believe I played through it uh, all the way. Back wow. when I played it the first time, that's a monster um, game. Yeah, that's it's it is a monster game. But I was into I was into RPGs. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. in in at that time because I was playing pretty much nothing but Legend of Zelda on every console. Okay, uh, <laughs> and yeah, so I was I was all for those lengthy story games. Okay, gotcha. So I uh, I just recently started playing it again. I'm maybe three hours into it. Um. But I'm still stuck at that very first boss. <laughs> well, does it hold because, up then? I mean, like after kind of compared to modern gaming, then how are you finding it? Yeah, it's um, it, it takes me back to Final Fantasy days. Okay, with the whole turn-based combat. Um, it's it's, it's but it's like uh, 3D. You know, one of the 3D Final Fantasy games. Right, right. But um, but it's yeah, it, it still holds up. Um, it's still somewhat challenging from what I remember. So yeah, um, it's still it's still a good game. And obviously, I sat down and I played it one night for three hours. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the way to do it, yeah. right? Like get into it, give Absolutely. it a real chance. Um, I remember. Uh, I don't remember this from from when I was younger, but um. I realize it now. The voice acting is absolute trash. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, abs- obviously the graphics aren't great, but it was 07. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what can you do? Yeah. But the graphics weren't terrible for, for 07, let's be honest. Well, for the time, they were really good. So, you know. They were, they they were amazing okay. for the time. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the voice acting wasn't, wasn't good. Um, the animation obviously wasn't as, as uh, <laughs> on point as, as things are now. Yeah. But um, but yeah. Other than other than visuals, it still stands up. Combat is still great. Um, combat is still very challenging. And uh, and yeah, I'm having fun with it. Very cool. That's yeah. awesome. And I think that'll be it for this segment of Wish of the Week. And now we're on to our segment, RPG Reflection. In RPG Reflection, we talk about our last gaming session. In this case, it is the uh, the John Carter of Mars that Mark just ran for us. Those two two episodes. Um, but yeah, first off, okay. Let's let's start. Zach, yeah. you were the one with the least expectation or least knowledge of what was going what was going to happen so i want to start everything by hearing from you what did you think what uh what were you expecting what uh um so i know the gist of john carter i you know i i know the genre i know how you know i kind of know some styles because i've i've seen part of the newer movie okay okay um but I, I do 
know a, f a couple elements that were taken from it for other stuff. Um, Absolutely. Just from conversation with you guys and, True. and different stuff. Um, so I kind of knew what to expect. Okay. Um, just just as a general uh, idea, but nothing nothing specifically. So right off the bat, you guys immediately used heavy terminology, and, <laughs> and and you guys planned that beforehand, and I know you did, so don't lie to me. <laughs> but um, but it's yeah, with your I, character because your character would absolutely had to learn that as well. So absolutely, yeah. I'm I'm learning like four things at once, uh, so I'm multitasking. Yes, but um, but yeah, it was great. It was really really great. Um, was it? Was I it? I love the style. Was it what you kind of imagined? You said you kind of had an expectation of yeah. Oh, Dark absolutely. Was, it fit. Absolutely, definitely. Nice. Um, yeah, and and ironically, it somewhat fit with our our Torg gameplay. So I've kind of been in this <laughs> mindset for a little bit. Uh -huh. Yeah, I can see it. It's got that kind of fish out of water fantasy thing going on. So that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the system is very streamlined. The system's real great. Mm -hmm. um, I personally haven't played a system that's like it. Mm. Um, but is oh. this is this the system that Modifius is using for everything right now? It, it's a kind of a streamlined version of it, but yes, it's it's very similar to the Star okay. Trek system. And yeah, they have so a reading the game. Star Trek, yeah. yeah, reading the Star Trek system. You know what little I've read of it. You know I've seen some similarities, definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was great. It was really good. Excellent. Let's go to somebody else now. Now, <laughs> Steve, you you did have more of a knowledge and expectation. So what did you think? Oh, well, I totally got to, like, just completely, I don't know. This was total fan service for me because I, you know, I've read <laughs> a bunch of the books, um, and I was able to actually kind of leverage all that kind of in-world stuff to, like, feel, and th and this is sort of how it was supposed to break down. I was supposed to be kind of the, the intro guide character to the world for, for Zach's kind of, you know, fresh, you know, stepped off the boat, never, you know, completely wide-eyed and what the heck's going on. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think that we were able to kind of play that up. I had a great time just, like, you know, figuring out what Zach was. It was just super <laughs> cool to, like, uh, it, well, and the whole, the, the, the feel of the story really felt like the books, too. So having read a right. bunch of the books, this whole thing felt super pulpy. Like, there's always a fight going on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's fine if, like, you know, you're not expected to you know negotiate your way through all these things there wasn't a whole lot of like any any kind of political backstabbery usually ends with actual backstabs so <laughs> like i don't know it's it's it was it was really appropriate um mm. I, I love the system it keeps things moving quickly especially combat because in a combat heavy world like this like if your combat's oh, yeah. slow it's going to be the kiss of death and the fact that we were all just like, okay, we're rolling 2d20. That's how it works. Or in Zach's case, 4d20 because <laughs> cheating Earthling. And, <laughs> um, but it's oh. just like, you know, make your roll. Here's your number. Go, 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 go. And it was so cool that, like, you know, it, it was able to keep that up-tempo nature of the whole narrative. Mm -hmm. I've got two things here. Mm -hmm. um, okay. One, I've never played a game where somebody's truly role-playing discovering the other character <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very strange I can it's imagine. a it's a weird feeling that was cool. it's, um, called, it's called method acting yeah it's, yes. it's method mm -hmm. it's completely method um and second i had a rules question while we were talking about rules and rolling dice and okay. stuff um so 
when we roll for defense, mm-hmm. you know, so they're attacking, we roll for defense. Yeah. Is that an action? No. No. Okay. So I would not get my two bonus D20 for might based actions for defending. I don't believe so. No. Okay. So I will, I will remember that and fix that for next time. Definitely. So okay. That makes sense. So you get the, you get the, so when I'm attacking. Yeah. Yeah. I might have to research that, but I don't believe so. Okay. Yeah, and you can always go look at fearsome might and look at the wording right. of that as right, well. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Compare. Compare notes. Um, definitely. Uh, Mark, what do you, what did you think? I'm going to turn this around on you. Um, <laughs> what you? did you expe- expect from uh, us? I I thought it felt it felt just the way it was supposed to feel. Um, mm-hmm. So I think uh, I think that went well. Um, some of the you know I don't know how many of the references. You, you, Steve. At least I don't know how many of them you actually got. Oh, I was, but I, I was having a great time with them. Yeah, I recognized all the different races certainly. Um, sure. Beyond that, what else did you have? Any Easter eggs you hid in there that I missed? Or, um, well, th- at the end, you you uh, experienced the coronation of uh, of uh, Gahan of Gathal, who eventually marries Tara and becomes John Carter's son-in-law. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, gotcha. Matai Shang, of course, is a uh, big old villain in, uh, in uh, I think, the second book. Oh, hmm. Um, you know, I don't and, think, uh, maybe I haven't read that one. But go on. Keep going. But, uh, well, he also appears in the movie. He is He's the bad guy, Thern. Oh, okay, basically. gotcha. Basically, he is okay. the, you know, but in this case, he was kind of working with you a little bit because, you know, kind of a <laughs> shared. Uh, okay. And I, this I wanted to, I, I was kind of, Curious how it was gonna have how it was gonna work for Steve, knowing the the world, introducing what obviously is not Isis because uh, mm-hmm. the real Isis is introduced in the books. Yep, and uh, this this was obviously not her. Yeah, so, and, yeah. Obviously, I've got a whole bunch of back knowledge about what's going on with the River Door and the or the the, the uh, River yeah. Isis and that sort of thing. And like I obvi- I didn't want to bring that in. You know, it's my character right. is still. Right. Knowing what he knows. Um, so I was always mm-hmm. kind of like like towing the line between like, am I on board with this whole is this thing or not? And <laughs> yeah. I think I, I I was suitably skeptical without making like coming down hard on one side or the other and without using the player knowledge of knowing this is mm-hmm. false. Right. You can suspect it without yeah. Right, exactly. So. Yeah. I didn't want to like bring it in just because I knew knew it wasn't. Yeah. Right. And I thought you played mm-hmm. that well. Because okay. that was cool. That was one of the things I was kind of Wondering how that would play out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the other thing is mentioning that uh, he was from um, uh, Lothor. I don't okay. know if you remember the Lothorians, um, Ooh, but right. they were the ones that uh, they create imaginary people okay. and have mm-hmm. this entire um, imaginary army that they use to defend their, their city. Right. I think they had the forest <laughs> or something. Yeah, I remember that one. Right. I, okay, I read that one. And awesome. they had a, uh, um, uh, a prohibited, uh, prohib- they were prohibited from creating the illusion of women and children. So this guy mm. had been banned from uh, Lothor for creating the illusions of women, mm-hmm. such mm-hmm. as such as Isis. I gotcha. So that was where he had come from. Awesome. So, uh, yeah. Mark, is this a? Uh... Is this from a module or is this originals? This is original. 
Perfect. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah. No, I uh, <clears throat> totally came up with it. So. Oh, that's but, beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's great. Yeah. If if you are on board for it, for for writing for us, doing this regularly. Sure. I mean, I mean, we would we would love to to go okay. through the story that you would create. Yeah, I okay. want to spend some more time in Bursoon. I'm having a great time with this. Then yeah, this is you know that's I think it's a great world. It's it's perfect for this sort of thing. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the one thing that Zach you might have to watch out for a little bit is that because this you know this is like a hundred years old and <coughs> and like John Carter has been thoroughly mined by every sci-fi author known mm-hmm. to man. So right. at times it feels like oh well Mark stole this from Star Wars or you know oh this is totally you know Buck Rogers or whatever yeah it, it's the other way around this came first <laughs> well, absolutely no yeah yeah perfect example is you know we were talking about the airships and you said they, they look exactly like Jabba's barge Jabba's yeah, barge yeah which uh, you know I, I'm guarantee you that Jabba's barge was based on the on these. John Carter airships yeah, yeah. airships yeah mm-hmm. yeah oh absolutely yeah. Definitely. So. I mean, yes. In fact, the whole planet of Tatooine yeah. kind of goes yeah. back to Barsoom to some degree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think we'll end that here. Uh, if if we're gonna uh, keep this going, we'll uh, we'll have more RPG reflections of uh, of this story as we go on. So, gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Um, and uh, and yeah, that'll be it for. RPG Reflection. Now on to some main topics here. Uh, first thing I wanted to talk about, uh, it's it's that time of year. It's a little bit past that time of year, but um, <laughs> E3 kind of just happened. Okay. Um, a little while ago. And... Uh, and I think there's a couple things we, we want to talk about. Steve and I, at least. Mark's not as much of a gamer. <laughs> there's some. Well, he uh, is. He likes games. As, yeah. as we are. I do, yeah. He dabbles. He definitely dabble. dabbles. There we go. Uh, but Steve, go ahead and start start us off and, and give us some of your uh, your high points. Well, going through the, the kind of list of things that were announced or teased at E3, the things that got my attention were, um, let's see, Torchlight 2, the console edition of Quartz, Torchlight 2, uh, because PC people have been playing Torchlight 2 forever. I played one on the 360, and it was just a phenomenal Diablo-type game, and I've okay. been kind of bitter that I didn't get two. <laughs> and now I'm going to. So, yay, less Beautiful. salt from me. What's that? coming out on uh i believe it's all of the kind of like switch and ps4 and xbox i think it's all of them but um let me see playstation 4 xbox one switch yeah yeah and um like you can click on those little panels and it'll flip them and tell you some more information if you need to know okay perfect cool um but yeah it's it's the first one was really great it was an absolute top-notch diablo clone so i'm i'm really excited and um the second one has uh I believe sofa co-op. So anytime a game gets sofa co-op, I'm a fan. So yay. Nice. Um, the other thing, let's so, see. Yeah. Go ahead. Something I see here that you, I believe you've uh, mentioned in the past. Yeah. Uh, Lucky's tale. Um, actually I don't know a whole, I mean, I know Lucky's tale is a thing. I don't know a whole lot about it. Like I think I've got it, but I haven't played it yet. Um, it's a, mm-hmm. a 3d platformer. Um, so this is like the, the sequel to it and it, it looks yeah. like a pretty good one. Um, um, solid graphics and gameplay, kind of a, a, a insomniac vibe to it, you know, from like kind of yeah, the classic exactly. PS3 platformers. Yeah, it looks like that could be a lot of fun. 
Yeah, whole Ratchet and Clank or, you know, that that kind of style. You got it. Yeah, RPG. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That I've, I have never played any of because I've never owned a PlayStation. Really? Oh, wow. Well, they've <laughs> yeah. got one on Xbox, I've, too. So. I've been an Xbox boy. Yeah. And uh, when, I, when I was growing up, at least now they have some on Xbox. But, you know, back in the day, they were only PlayStation exclusives. So Yeah. Yeah, that's true. The, the, the big series, at least, are pretty uh, like that, I guess. Yeah. Um. Let's see. The uh, uh, Cadence of Hyrule. I'm actually a big fan of the Crypt of the Necrodancer. So to see it get a Zelda reskin is just it does my heart really proud. So yeah, that's fun. It's a that's fun really game fun. if you haven't played it. It's really great. And we're getting a new Panzer Dragoon after Jesus. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> the original Xbox days, I guess, was the last one. Um, yeah. Oh, I love Panzer Dragoon. I'm a big fan of rail shooters. I don't care if they're retro, and this looks amazing. <laughs> I can hardly wait. So tell us, tell us a little bit about Panzer Dragoon because uh, I'm not familiar with it. Panzer Dragoon is so. it's pretty much a straight up rail shooter. So like basically, your dragon sort of flies in a path. You can look all around in your dragon and kind of shoot in any direction. There's all sorts of stuff attacking you as you fly. But it's basically kind of like one of those like light gun games that you play in the arcade, where you know like you know, you're just sort of constantly being assaulted by stuff and you kind of like do a, a lock on to six targets and fire swarmy missiles and blow stuff up <laughs> as it swarms all around you. Um, the graphics are great. The series is known for like really innovative and, and bizarre out there characters and landscapes. Um, so uh, there's just like a ton of like really beautiful originality going on there. And um, also because the game's got kind of a Saturn launch and, and generally haven't like sold in huge numbers, um, it's, it's got a bit of a cult following. So, um, uh, like one of the most expensive Saturn games of all time is, is Panzer Dragoon Saga. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, they tend to, when they launch, they tend to go into the radar, but you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Oh yeah. That sounds fun. I might, I might pick that up. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a winner. What, yeah. What's, what's got your attention? Um, well, obviously we've got, um, the sequel to Breath of the Wild. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Looks because um, I, uh, <laughs> I I love the Legend of Zelda franchise, mm -hmm. and that will never end. Uh, the trailer looks quite amazing and very beautiful. Um, but yeah, it's like a, uh, you know, it shows a, like a zombie Ganon. It's weird. Yeah, it looks a little bit darker, sort of like a Majora's Mask take on Ocarina. Like, it's just... Yeah. You know, and 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 it gives me it gives me Legends of Zelda Skyward Sword vibes. Okay. Um, and it also gives me Twilight Princess vibes, definitely. Mm, yeah. So it's like you take those two games, put them together, and throw them into the Breath of the Wild, and it's beautiful. Well, I love that they're absolutely beautiful. I, I think it's really good that they're actually kind of recycling big chunks of Breath of the Wild because. A, it's going to give us a Zelda game in less than 10 years. Like, I mean, they tend to Absolutely. think things out really, really long. And I'm a lot happier to see one every, you know, like, you know, year or two. Like, I don't think that's, you know, unreasonable. Um, yeah, like, you can you can release multiple games on the same console. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like, awesome, great. And I don't have to get a new console to play the new Zelda game. Yeah, yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, more than more than one per generation would be really great. So, you know, kudos to them. And I'm sure it's not going to suck. Like that's there's not a lot of games where yeah, you can no. say they're they're definitely absolutely not going to screw this up because they can screw anything up. But, 
I'm, right. I would be amazed. I, like, I don't think they could screw up Zelda. Like, I've never... They take such good care with that franchise. It's incredible. Absolutely. And you've played through Breath of the Wild, haven't you? No, I haven't. No. I oh, you to. haven't? No. Okay. I still need to. I've got it. You you de- you desperately need to. I desperately need to, yes. It's beautiful. Absolutely true. But I'm a huge fan um, of Zelda. I love Zelda in general. Yeah, yeah. Also, something from Zelda. Um, they're doing a remake of Link's Awakening. Okay, yeah, yeah. The the, the Game Boy one. The original black and white Game Boy is getting a, a, a nice update mm-hmm. for the Switch. Yeah. Nice update, a nice color, and uh, a nice reshaping. Mm-hmm. Everything's shaped really, really well in it. Yeah. And I've got a theory for this one, because basically the big kind of new feature is this create a dungeon mode um, that I think is sort of like a uh, kind of like a backdoor pilot into a potential Zelda maker. Um, because yeah. Mario Maker just has sold fabulously well and everyone loves it. And yeah. uh, like doing something like a Zelda Maker would be a lot trickier mechanically. But I think this is them putting their toe in the water to see if there's interest to make it worthwhile. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed that's where they go with it. Right, right. And it's not like they're making that the main part of the game. They're they're testing that out with this main game. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah, it's sort of like a mini feature. That way they don't have to kind of go all in on it. So, yeah. Exactly. Go all in and fail. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, hey, here's a remake of a game a ton of people love. Yeah, yeah. You know, let's let's try something with it. It's true. No one's seen the Game Boy Zelda in ages. Like, it's not like they've remade that on every system known to man, unlike a lot of the other ones, so... Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, something else uh, that a lot of people are talking about is the Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Oh, yeah. For the, for the Switch. Good call, yes. And I believe, that, like, I'm... That one looks like it's actually going to be a lot more solid than the upcoming MCU Avengers game. Um, yeah. I love the Ultimate Alliance games, and it looks like this one is just straight up just goodness. You know, it's just... Go all in, yeah. yeah. Four-player, and it's, and it's not too craziness. It, it's not too far down the road. It's on the 19th. Oh, it's actually out now. It's it. I believe it's out. I thought I saw it. No, it's ju- it says uh, July 19th yeah. is the release date. Oh, okay. I stand corrected. Um, yeah. Unless unless this is something different. Complete. This might be DLC. No, no, no. Like it's. I believe it's it's only on Switch. It's Switch exclusive. So if it's coming out on the 19th, it's coming out on the 19th. Yeah. Unless that date has been changed since this page was updated. Yeah. Yeah. But of I'm looking course. forward to that one. That one's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. So. Oh yeah, uh, they they also have a new. All, I guess all of my top ones are Nintendo games. Uh, <laughs> the enough. the new Animal Crossings. Yeah, yeah. Animal Crossing, New Horizons that for the one. Switch. Yeah, my wife's a huge fan of Animal Crossing, so that's gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> definitely. Uh, let's see what else was there. Oh, and uh, Luigi's Mansion Three. Mm. I have a very a very close connection with Luigi's Mansion because I played the first one. Uh, probably several times through. Yeah, it's a I solid enjoyed game. that game yeah. thoroughly. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I love that they haven't sort of abandoned that series. Like, it's nice to see that make a make an appearance again. So, oh, absolutely, I agree. And uh, and it's good to see that these franchises that they've you know built on in the past they're still building on. Yeah, yeah, which is beautiful. Uh, even the, even the small ones like Luigi's Mansion that doesn't have as big a following, but it still has a following. I'm here. Right, right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll right? follow you. 
Well, it's nice that they don't like that Nintendo also has a venue for like these franchises that aren't necessarily AAA. Like, yeah, Zelda mm-hmm. takes years and years to do and a million man hours. Same thing with Mario. You know, they're incredible. They're huge. Blah blah blah. Luigi's Mansion is still a great game on its own, but it, it I'm sure it didn't take the same kind of resources to put together that 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 Breath of the Wild did. So I like that they've got kind of different scopes in their franchises. They're not just glued to the huge games anymore because, you know, like Smash is great and Smash took a zillion people to make for five years. <laughs> so, yep. you know, good to know that they've got like kind of different size games going and, and that they can be great no matter what they make. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, oh. so we had talked at Megacon. Did you order a Hollow Knight set? Uh, yeah. Or did they just recently release a Hollow Knight set? I've got it coming in the mail. I haven't actually received it yet. But yeah, they did a, a collector's edition of it. And I think they're doing like a regular standard release now, too, it looks like. Uh, I think so. So, yeah, good for them. I need to play yeah, it. I still when, haven't played it. Yeah, when you play it, you definitely need to. Okay. Um, and one last thing on, on this E3 topic um steve have you seen anything else on borderlands 3 from e3 um nothing beyond what we've been hearing um the new dlc for borderlands 2 that teases it out drops so we're getting a little bit more story information that i won't spoil here but it looks amazing that's fine and um yeah i don't know it it looks like just everything you liked about borderlands just shinier and polishier and with like nice little ui updates so the stuff, if you didn't like anything about Borderlands 2, it's gone. And if you and everything you did like <laughs> is is here to stay. Like they've completely taken their kind of the crown for the looter shooter subgenre and run with it. So good for them. Absolutely. It's going to be incredible. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it might be a place I jump back into the Borderlands series because mm. I played Borderlands one, uh, but I never played I never played the second one. Oh wow! Do yourself a favor, dude. I'll I'll, I'll play Breath of the Wild if you play Borderlands two. That's great. That sounds amazing. There we go. Deal. Okay. We'll shake on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, but yeah, uh, we probably talked way too long about that, and, and Mark's probably bored with us. <laughs> 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 oh, man. But uh, to get Mark going a little bit more here, um, we'll let. <laughs> get me while I'm done. Great. All right. <laughs> no, we'll I let... had my rant. I'm uh, okay. Let's talk about how great D and D is. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, we'll let Mark talk about his topic. Definitely. Which one? <laughs> the only one that that's yours. <laughs> the, uh, the why won't players read the rules? Oh, oh yes. Uh, the intervention was... for me. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think um, I think I get a couple brownie points for uh, for running tales from the loop and actually getting all the story and rules correct so true true well okay so the the this is good old reddit uh, post yep. uh somebody raised the question why won't players read the rules and this does seem to be a very very common theme uh in rpgs and i know you know we've talked about the fact that when you're bringing a game to the table it's usually the game master has found a game that they love and they're trying to bring the other players in to, to enjoy it with them. So, and, and the game master should know the rules probably better than anyone else, yeah. but it really seems to be a, a huge stumbling point when you're trying to do this and get the players on board and, you know, get everything going. 
you know, it helps so much if the players can help with that process. I, I just, we just posted the, uh, the first episode of our John Carter game. Mm-hmm. And before the show, I, was, I, I commented about, you know, what a great experience that was and that how easily that, that flowed. And I think a large part of that was, Steve, you knew, if not the rules, you knew the world. You knew the universe. Mm-hmm. And you could help establish that. You could help that. Um, Zach, you didn't know that, but we worked that into the story. And your, your ignorance was kind of, you know. It was canon. Yeah, yeah. It, it was to canon. To say the least. You were in character. It was canon. Yeah. It worked and it helped, you know, it, it helped that you were able to ask the questions and... and yeah, and, and in a, in a, that's a very specific situation where having somebody not know anything right. is, is better than, it, yeah. you know, everybody knowing the rules. Well, true. And I think... And, and it's, I think it's okay if, you know, if, if one or two people are, are kind of learning it. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, having an entire table full of people... But uh, sorry to cut you off. What were you saying, Steve? Well, I was I was gonna say, you know, I'm and I'm 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 sympathetic of players here. Okay, like we're all busy and mm-hmm. like RPG books are huge. Okay, so like if you drop a 200 page hardcover in front of somebody and say, hey, have this all memorized by next Tuesday so we can play a game, you know, it, it's a little bit dicey. But like you can save yourself a lot of work because players don't need to read everything. Okay. Yeah. What, exactly. Like if you're if you're if if you got this new game dropped on you and you want to kind of crash course it so you don't like to keep the game from slowing down and to be considerate to people. Like read the stuff about your class, okay? Mm-hmm. Like yes. if you're if you're yes. a warrior, maybe skip all the stuff about spellcasting or vice versa. Um mm-hmm. read the stuff yeah. about combat and mechanics and like maybe even like skip the stuff about character creation because like if you're all going to create characters in a session anyway and that's like all stuff that happens like sort of one off and you're done the important stuff is what happens time after time after time and if you're the one who's mm-hmm. like I okay agree. do we how do you roll initiative again like that's what's going to drag the game down not like yeah. yes. you know i had to look up a rule for something that we're only going to do once so yeah, yeah like prioritize like learn kind of Agreed. how to scan because you know we play a lot of different games, and I absolutely <laughs> do not read the books cover to cover. So no. Um, oh, but no. but Some... also learn enough about the the world so that you're not awkward in it. Like if you're supposed mm-hmm. to be you know fish out of water and John Carter, it works great. But if you're if mm-hmm. you're supposed to be like you know uh, established in anything, at least make sure you've read enough of the lore to like not like have to say okay now who is that again? Where are we again? <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh... The what I do as the GM, if I'm you know pitching this to someone mm-hmm. uh, or a group of people, like with with my uh, my last seventh C game, the local mm-hmm. one here, um, <clears throat> a I have a a, a um, session zero mm-hmm. because that can help doing character creation. Maybe there, maybe just going, hey, this is what you need. Send them the PDF. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I usually say, read these sections, this, this, and this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what you need to know. You don't have to know absolutely everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. like with, with 7C, I went, okay, read through. You can, if you have a country in mind, read through that country. Read mm-hmm. through the, uh, the lore section, you know, because 7C has that giant lore section. Under, yeah. under your, uh, your country, read all the rules. And that's kind of all you need to know. And then the rest was kind of worked out session zero. Yeah. 
And and I like Steve's uh, suggestion too. If you're if you're a magic user, know about your magic. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as, as a game master, I usually ignore a lot of that, um, and I figure it's up to the care. It's up to the players to to know what their characters have and and don't have. Um, yeah, and you know, that's it, how I am with the sorte section in Seventh C. Well, yeah. there you go. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No idea. <laughs> that's yeah. a great example. None of us use sorte. Yeah, I had and... a player that used sorte. Yeah, I still have no idea what it does. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's right. Take a word I... for it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I've skimmed over it. I know it exists. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, it's it's not too different from traditional ma- from all the other forms of magic. But yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great example of something that. If if you're playing with that stuff, you know that stuff. Yeah, you know. Same with your swordsman schools. You know, absolutely. I'm not going to memorize everybody's specific. Yeah, you're not going to. You're not going to. Yeah, you're not going to memorize the six swordsman schools there are in the books. Well, plus right. all of you know, like mines. Mines yeah. in the in an expansion book. Mine's not yeah. even in the core book. Well, right for Rhine. You know. Yeah. Well, and I think as a player, what it boils down to is know your skills, like know your stuff. Because, like, yes. nothing's worse than, like, okay, hold on, I think I might have a bonus for this, let me go look up that skill. Like, like at least be familiar with your stuff to the point where you can, <laughs> like, like have it, you know, like, copy it down someplace if you need to, whatever. Have yeah. it all as a yeah. quick thing in front of you. And do not slow down the game so you can go look your stuff up. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if you don't know if you get a bonus to initiative or not, you might, but maybe you don't. Just assume you don't, and then come back and look at it later. If you know, because yeah. you've been, you know, you've actually looked it up, then great. But don't... Don't leave that on. Don't let everyone else wait for you to go look something up because you think maybe it'll give you a plus one. Yeah. Yeah. Don't ask the game master. What can I do? Oh. You should know what you can yes. do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, you know, even beyond just your own character, I think having a, a general idea of even just the world, you know, yeah. even if you just read like the introduction, you read a little bit of, uh, you know, just skim through it. You know, the the more blind you are, the more you're not helping. Yeah, yeah, like, and just because just because you have played a lot of games doesn't mean you know how this game is played. True, because Absolutely. different different games play differently at the table. Yeah, unless unless of course everything is just based off the fifth edition D and D rules. Well, then you just read once and you're done. You never have to read anything again. Yeah. So. I'm I'm not living in that world, Mark. I'm living I'm in living Good. in a different world. Oh my god. But I, I do like the idea of like you know, like if for seven C for instance, like read extensively hmm. about your country so you know about your mm-hmm. stuff and then you can act like an authority. If somebody says, Hey, you know, what's the you know, the the, the king of Eisen called, you can give them the rundown on the politics and, and it, it feels like you're a native that way. And maybe read sure. just the first paragraph of everybody else's so that if somebody says <laughs> something and drops it, yeah. you, you're in character if you don't know what it is. Like, you know, you don't necessarily mm-hmm. know the, the, the yeah. politics of Avalon, but, you know, you can say, you know, hey, yeah, don't they? They've got the city or from there or something like that. Like, I, I don't know, something like that. Right. Like, you're right. familiar yeah. with it, but not extensively knowledgeable. And, and, <clears throat> and that kind of knowledge is actually in character. Absolutely. Absolutely yes. And we, we've talked about that in the past before as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I think at length we've had a topic. We've had like an episode on that. Well, I'm sure yeah. that we have. Um, but yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. It's it's 
And like Steve said, people are busy. You know, maybe you can't read all the rules. Whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think a great uh, resource are uh, you know when they have if a game has quick the quick rules. Oh yeah. You know that would be a great way to just send somebody say hey oh quick the here's quick, a, start a, quick start guide quick start guide quick start guides yeah 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 you know. Even just know that. Because they're also just free. Exactly. Those are typically free, too. So then you don't have costing effect. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Absolutely. No reason not. Um, yeah, they're, they're usually free, and sometimes, maybe most of the times, they, they're fan-made. Some they're, they're a lot of fan-made yeah, ones out there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, or the ones that they give away on free, free uh, RPG Oh, free RPG Day. day. Yeah, know, that's those, usually yeah. quick start you know, guides, yeah. too. A lot of time. But, uh, yeah, those, those exist, and, uh, you know, that's... That's a great way to have just a basic overview of, of what you're doing and enough to kind of go in and, and feel like you're going in, you're stepping into a home and not stepping into some alien world. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, for the next Reddit topic here, <laughs> mm-hmm. we're just uh, the, the tabletop or the RPG Reddit podcast. That's, that's our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we read you Reddit so you don't have to. So you don't. That's have right. To. That's our new tagline. Uh, <laughs> and we lost Zach. You, you we did? lost Zach. Wait, you guys Zach can't. Was, you guys can't hear me right now. Curses. Zach out of water. Oh man. Oh, man. Okay. Yes. Okay. Or maybe this is one of those time freeze things where he's just frozen in time. Oh, that could be. Because we it. see his picture and it's just. Yeah, yeah he does. Yeah. Like he may have had a temporal event. Time time freeze. Yes. Wait, Wait. These are possible. Yes. So you know he may be. Uh, he may be speaking to us from the past when he rejoins us. From That's the past. Possible. past. Well, let's just record past. the rest of the episode past. where we talk about Orville the whole time. Oh, no, not again. I like it. <laughs> Sounds Orville, great. Again, we've talked about this so oh, much. God. Okay, I got to yeah. go reset the yeah. servers. Give me a second. We're probably going to have to stop and resync once he comes back. That's Probably three, Incidentally, four, Orville is amazing. You're right. Like, it, is, is, it blows the second right. season of Star Trek out of the water. So, Yes. Uh, yes. Now we don't even have the frozen picture of Zach to keep his company. It's true. <sighs> okay. I wonder if he's noticed he's just... Last one. Good question. There we, go. there we go. Well, again, if he's, if he's frozen in time... Uh, yeah, I'm not yeah. frozen in time. Plunging into a black hole as we speak. Finally. Well, I'm back. Let's move on. But yeah, this topic is, have you ever failed to coordinate your party composition? How do you work around non-healing, non-casting, can't pick a lock to save their lives party compositions? <laughs> yeah, Mark, how do you deal with that when we do that? <laughs> yeah, Mark, how do you, so, how do, you do that? For example. <laughs> We've got a whole series on that. <laughs> We've got a whole game session going where we, we rolled up two combat nukes and like we can't cross the street <laughs> without a distance, yes. but we can blow stuff up to no end. Um, <laughs> I usually just kind of consider that the party's problem. Okay, <laughs> you know? that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, you know, it's well, it's like anything. You know, your party is is supposed to be problem solvers. Um, you know, if, if they, uh, haven't taken the right skills, hopefully they'll, uh, t- consider that when they're advancing their character. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of think what the question means more or less mm-hmm. is they're in a situation. So you're the GM, your players, mm-hmm. these characters are in a situation Yeah. and they, the players aren't 
able to come up with any more ideas. Should uh, you nudge them? Well, is that the, the thing, or, or is this coming more from that D&D mindset of having having all of your roles placed? You know, you have your, your thief, yeah, your a, healer, quote your, unquote, balance party. your tank, yeah. your, you know. Um, and, well, coming from Star Trek has that same kind of vibe. You know, you have, you know, in that you have a, speci- everybody has a specific role. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I think that is kind of a, uh, uh, you know, that, that's kind of the flavor I felt here in this question. Um, having the, the characters troubleshoot it when, when it doesn't work out is kind of the, the next step in this. But, uh, you know, starting with uh, the actual party composition, I think that's a question of uh, does... How necessary is that? Um, mm-hmm. In a game like Star Trek, of course, like I say, you have the actual positions very literally spelled yeah. out. Uh, in D and which makes it a little bit easier, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. A lot of the games I tend to play don't have that. You know, other than Star Trek, no. don't have that that spelled mm-hmm. out. Um, yeah, Seven C for Seven C for example. Yeah, matter. but now, yeah, but you know, we didn't. You know, not real specific, but when we kind of plan it out and I don't know how much we planned out or it just kind of fell this way. We do kind of have, you know, Ryan is the very physical character. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Mateo is the very charismatic character. Um, theoretically. Yeah. Yep. And theoretically, <laughs> and I'm a little bit more the, uh, intellectual espionage. Yeah. yeah. Intelligence. And kind of yeah. Guy. So yeah, exactly. That's kind of a balanced party right there, yeah. It really is. Yeah, um, but but at times, at time, most of the times, you don't have one character. Absolutely You don't have true. one of those, yeah. those weights to balance this scale now. Well, we're, <laughs> we kind of have our, our distinctions, but we're not locked into that. And I right. think that's kind of, you know, that's, that's one of the, uh, the flaws with, uh, you know, kind of the D&D party model. Yeah. Is you have if you have somebody is, who's a tank, he is a tank. That's what that's he does. That's it. all he yeah. does. Um, you know, and I prefer games that have your know, characters have a little bit more diversity, a little more flexibility. But yeah. I think there's still room for having a little bit idea of knowing your role, knowing you know what you bring, what you have to contribute to a party. Well, I don't think it's necessarily a game breaker though. Like I like the idea of like people like, you know, everyone, if everyone, if you draw up an uh, asymmetric party, like people just want to play, you know, a a thief heavy party or a wizard heavy party, then yeah, people will kind of like organically generate their own solutions to non thief challenges or whatever. I mean, you know, keep in mind that like the Hobbit was basically a wizard, a thief and 13 fighters and Mm -hmm. they did just fine. So, well, and I think what happens in that case, you know, say you have a party of uh, all barbarians. Mm-hmm. What you're going to end up with is each of those characters are going to be slightly different barbarians. And mm-hmm. you might have one barbarian who's a little bit more into lockpicking or you know, yeah. somebody else, you know, one is a little, maybe a little more stealthy and one that's a little bit more knowledgeable. And, and, and they kind of become those different yeah, even even our types, even within the the same thing. I um, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think that's gonna that that's something that's going to kind of evolve a little as bit you play. Anyway. It, yeah, yeah, and it'll 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 come 
further down the line instead of beginning of the campaign. Right. Uh, you're you're all diverse. You know, maybe once you hit level ten, maybe because of what archetypes yeah. you've choose you've chosen in let's say fifth edition, because we used it as an example. Sure. Um you know, getting higher level allows them to, you know, specialize in different mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Thus yeah. rounding out the party more. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think this is more of a beginning party problem. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. You, you come up and who's, who's going to pick the lock? Uh, none of us have pick lock. I don't know. You know, let's bust through the door. Who, yeah, exactly. Right, you know. decks. Yeah. It gets weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you figure out who has the highest decks and say, okay, I'll try it, and then... Yeah, exactly. You know, and then once you've played a few games, maybe you say, hey, we need somebody, so I'll, I'll take a point and pick a block pick, and, you know... Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I think this does sort of open the door for sort of a broader conversation on on flexibility in player characters, and in, in characters created <sighs> by the player, because before you sit down, like, even if you make up your character ahead of time, you've got some ideas about your guy. Like, you've spent some time thinking about him, you've given him a backstory, you're like, this is what my guy is. And once you start playing, like, that all goes out the window, okay? Like, the other players (laughs) at the table do not give a rat's ass about your backstory, and they're going to play how they want to play. And ideally, your guy is probably going to respond to that and adapt and change. So maybe the the brooding, you know, Batman-like clone that you had planned when you sat down, you know, maybe your guy ends up being a little bit friendly because, you know, it turns out everybody's going that route or somebody else is going that route. Or you found a different aspect of the character that became like emergent to you that mm-hmm. that needs to be explored a little bit more. So, well, I think, yeah, I think you're exactly right that, that your character advancement is part of the role playing. Mm-hmm. If you're role playing and you experience that this is a need, you're going to learn and you're going to adapt to that. I, I love your your Batman analogy. I think that's a great yeah. great thing to bring up because you look at. Batman in solo comics is a very different Batman than the Batman that's in the Justice League. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because yep. he kind of, because the party he's with changes who he is to, to a lot mm-hmm. to a degree. That and it, it all kind of depends on the story too. Mm-hmm. So what your character goes through and maybe how that changes them, um, you know, in needing to do, you know, you know, like the whole kind of cleric, um, fallen cleric thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's a good example of that. Sure. But yeah, it just changes due to what happens in the story. Well, and, absolutely. And and you know, it's not something that's enforced by the rules a lot of times. But one of the things I try to do when I'm playing games is whatever skills I happen to be using for the last couple sessions. That's what I try to improve with my XP as we play. Yes. So like, if we spend yes. a lot of like we spend a lot of time on boats, so I made Mateo like get a point of sailing because you know he started out <laughs> he was vomiting and throwing all over the place. <laughs> but you know what? Exactly. After after a couple of months, he started to pull it together a little bit. He's not like yeah. a savvy sea dog. But but yeah, he's not like redecorating the deck every ten minutes either. So. Yeah, he's yeah. he's not like like Nathaniel and Ryan. Yeah, because but he has some idea which rope to pull when somebody says, you know, tighten the you know, forward halyard. He can, you know. Yeah. You know, he says, oh, "Okay, that's this one." I do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's, he's he getting, might not know why he's doing up. it, but he know, you know. 
He knows yeah, what. Yeah. a little bit of knowledge. Yeah, he can chip exactly. In. Yeah, because he's been mm-hmm. doing it for months, right? Like if you're in the same place you were, like you know, without, and you're not actually gaining experience from the world, then that's not mm-hmm. a very realistic portrayal of a character. So exactly, right. right. Absolutely. The the only you know the the downside of that, especially for this topic, is you know if your characters start becoming too homogenous, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. if he if he's developed sailing and now we're all sailors and you know, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. that can be a challenge too. Um, special, but, but I think if you really focus on what did I do that no one else could do, yeah, that's yes. where you're going to help help you know fill in the the gaps. Yeah, yeah. For Ryan, it's throwing people into the fire. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. no one else does points. that. No, <laughs> I put a couple reason. points into throwing people into the fire. <laughs> for so. some reason, yeah. we haven't picked up on that Ryan trait yet. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, exactly. A, a good example is you know. Uh, um, I built Nathaniel as a, as a swordsman and he doesn't really do the fighting too much. No. <laughs> um, he, he tends to fall in the background. So my, my combat skills have pretty much stagnated and I yeah. step back and let you guys do the, the most of the lifting in, yeah, in exactly. those areas. But you've really picked up on a lot of the non-combat thief stuff. Like your exactly. whole like vanish into shadows, and you've really played yep. up sort of the <laughs> yeah, the, exactly. the espionage ninja aspect of it, which exactly is really cool yeah. to see. Like you know, it's it's yeah. neat to yeah. you know diversify right. that. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and naturally with you know the the characters set as Rhine big and bulky and very obvious, and mm-hmm. Mateo very flamboyant and very obvious. Yeah. You know, it's natural that Nathaniel falls to the background in that sense uh, to where in combat, maybe they're not going after Nathaniel. <laughs> yeah, or, he exploits know, the limitless diversions that we we, we provide him. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. You know, now I just want to play 7C some more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we need to do that. Yes. Yeah. We'll get to it. Yes. Definitely. Good. One last thing that I kind of wanted to talk about. It was a, a very quick topic. Um that I thought of last night, maybe. Okay. Um, there, there are a lot of games out there that are intellectual property games, mm. such as Star Trek or um, Firefly game or Star Wars, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. that they already have uh, tabletop games for. What are some, some intellectual properties that don't have the games that, Maybe they could. What do you think? Hmm. I think there's a lot of video games that could be turned into RPGs with very little effort. Um, because, you know, there's a lot of different, um, you know, IPs out there for video games. Like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, that, that you know, they, they make a game for it. It works. It doesn't. Whatever. Maybe the game doesn't get a sequel. But games like a lot of times do feel like RPGs kind of to begin with. So I think there's a yeah. lot of room there that, that hasn't been, and, and like the big ones now, like mass effect or Witcher or whatever, I'm sure we've got RPGs for all of those, but like, you know, I, I do think that there's a lot of maybe the, the lesser, the more obscure games that totally could get a, a tabletop RPGs and it'd be amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's there I... definitely are some out there. There's a, currently a dragon age tabletop RPG. Yep. Um, just came out with a Fallout, Fallout RPG as well. No, oh, that could be um, something to play since the last Fallout game was god awful. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think that it kind of seems like the one of the requirements is having a uh, having a universe with multiple 
that 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 allows for for multiple participants. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Part, yeah, or, party party based stuff. Well, not just party based stuff, but Star Trek. I think is I always think is a great example. Mm-hmm. There are multiple ships out there floating around. You're on another ship. You know, yeah, so you can play yeah. one of hundreds of of ships. Um, you don't have to be Kirk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm not sure. You know, we've we've talked about there's a Doctor Who role playing game that uh, there is a Doctor you know, Who role playing game. But I I I'm always skeptical of how that works out since <laughs> that's kind of a unique situation. Yeah. Do you have two doctors um, or do you have a lot of sidekicks? So. Well, right. Or do you or, or are you should, stuck that you can only play canon characters? Well, mm-hmm. we should probably go listen to Rassilon then. I know. I keep I keep meaning to do that. I gotta do I that. Mean, <laughs> um I don't I don't recall the full name of the podcast, but uh Rassilon is in the name of it. It is. Tales from Rassilon. Uh, something along the lines. Yeah. But uh But they were po- uh, actual play podcast. Actual play podcast, yeah. Uh, gotta, uh, Doctor Who tabletop. We game. gotta we gotta <laughs> try and get uh, Ben on the show. Yeah, um, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But uh, and, uh, but yeah. So, so when thinking of uh, um, those type of things, Lost in Space, for example, mm-hmm. I don't know if that would be a great role playing game because they're kind of in a very unique situation. Yeah, um, that could be fun though. Now that you say that out loud, I would play that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you think about it, kind of kind of the same. Same thing along the lines of uh, like Tales from the Loop. Lost in Space would go go kind of along those lines. It wouldn't be a distinctly. You could play something that was Lost in Space like. Yeah. But unless you're actually playing the Swiss Family Robinson, right? You're doing something different. Yeah, actually, mm-hmm. a planetary um, survival game sounds kind of cool. But they they I, have have they done intellectual property games that have you make. Yeah, the Con- the Conan game had you make your own individual character, correct? Oh yeah, I think most, yeah. most IP so there, games there do are, that. Yeah, there are sure. in all proper IP games that that have you create characters that aren't the main cast. Most most of them do, yes. Yeah, and I think the problem. I think we talked about the original Indiana Jones game where you were stuck. You could only play Indiana Jones, and yeah. that was horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, then the West James End, Bond, same way. Well. But well, you, can, kind you of. can play, um, you could play any agent. There are that's, you know yeah, what ten double O agents. You know you don't mm-hmm. have to play that specific one. Mm-hmm. So we also that's... need to talk about that in a minute. Oh yes, um, but uh, you know I, I think a, a universe that has that. Um, so what are some universes that don't have that that do have the idea that there's more stuff out there? Um, well, one of the glaring emissions that I've been seeing lately is, do they have a modern current, like, Marvel MCU RPG? I mean, we had the older ones, but I don't, do they have a current one? I don't believe uh, I an think actual came IP out... game has been out. Not with, not, not the current movies, anyway. No. Uh, there has been a, I think there's been a more recent Marvel game. Marvel and DC both have kind of come and gone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, but uh, a couple times, but uh, yeah, one for the actual Marvel universe would be uh, would be a good one. Would be very very fun. That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and th- and that's one that you know there are other. You could obviously be other heroes, and 
you know, run into mm-hmm. the existing heroes. And, and well, I'm, maybe it's in the works. Who knows? Because they're making possible. Marvel video games. Well, Very true. I, I think at this and point, that the, hasn't come out. You know, in, from Marvel Studios in a little bit. So no, it's probably just the cost of the IP at this point. Like you know, that's like a yeah. really big right. brand. I mean, I mean, like, yeah. um, you know, you could do an RPG based on Avatar or any of a lot of the other kind mm. of AAA titles that are are growing up right now. So, my Some... my biggest my biggest wish list would probably be a Mission Impossible. Mm. Yeah, you know. an actual IP Mission Impossible that would be yeah. fun. I think if you uh, won the lottery, you would probably like make that happen. You would you would yes, commission probably. that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, something that's a little maybe off the radar that you might not think about hmm. uh the wwe oh. i thought i thought there might have been one at one point maybe let me, I'm, let me but, do some uh, google research real quick but yeah. you guys keep talking yeah. on <laughs> get that back to topic. me on that one because i love the but idea yeah, that, of that that would be a good one um oh but God. i think we talked before about the idea of doing a uh, a game based on um the bureau or project blue book that type of 1950s alien hunting. Oh, that would work. Yeah, type of uh, genre. I think that would be uh, something really fun. Men in Black needs to have an RPG. Period. Men in, Men in Black. Oh. Actually, yeah, that was one I was thinking of when we talked about this. There was an RPG, but it was really disappointing. Okay. But that is one that really would uh, be a fantastic. A desperate uh, need of a a good game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I update. Yep. There is one. There is one. <laughs> is, it, so. is it currently like, is being one. produced, or was it like uh, out of no, print? Um, I don't see a date. Uh, it came out. Where does it say where it came, when it came out? It's called WWE Know Your Own, uh, Know Your Role, that like and a video it came game. out by. In 05, on hardcover. Okay. I'm going yeah. to assume it's not in print anymore. <laughs> I would assume not. <laughs> Although I really love the thought of like some guys who've been like a, a running 10-year WWE campaign that are like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. At this point, they're on Mars. It's gone so far off the rails. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. Um, well, I just, I just glanced at my DVD collection, and uh, here's one for you. Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Why not? Well, okay, so I guess with Blade Runner, you basically are talking about, like, cyberpunk, right? Like, Netrunner or cyberpunk. Kind or, of. A, a, like, any of that kind of cyberpunk genre, which has you could, been... You could make it thoroughly. work, but there's not a real specific mm-hmm. Blade Runner. You're right. There's I nothing that's, that's branded Blade Runner, yeah, even though yeah. all of those... I mean, yeah. yeah because, I mean, but, but, I mean, there doesn't really need to be a Blade Runner because there's... There's cyberpunk. There's, well, uh... the things that Blade Runner brings to the table that aren't necessarily cyberpunk are, like, the whole replicant thing, like, you know, like, robots that yeah. look like people and the hunting thereof. Like, that PI aspect right. yeah. of it is probably more Blade Runner than cyberpunk in general. I mean, obviously, we've got yeah. cyberpunk games out the wazoo, but... Yeah. But, yeah, you Blade could... Runner would be cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah, um, a Mass Effect game. I know there's mm-hmm. a... I, I, I've seen a fan-made Mass Effect game. That that definitely was not official. License. <laughs> I'm amazed True. that there isn't an official one at this point because you mm-hmm. know EA is pretty happy to license out their stuff for whatever. So exactly, yeah. yeah, to make more money for EA. Yeah, but there's there is a 
kind of miniatures battle type game that is basically Mass Effect. Okay. Um, I can't for the life of me remember it. We've talked about <laughs> it in the past, but. Hey, here's one for you. Uh, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy has never been a tabletop RPG. Um, huh. Now, Final Fantasy, has because it, it. Has it not? I can't think of one, and I I don't know. Well, I can Google it real quick here, but I'm pretty sure it's yeah, never yeah. been a tabletop RPG. Uh, but that would be a pretty good one to do because they're they're you know it's like an anthology thing. You make up a whole world. Like you don't need to fit into an existing world with existing characters. You can you know do something fresh for the tabletop and just keep chocobos and a couple touchstones and you're good to go. Good point. Uh, by the same token, I guess you could play Final Fantasy with fifth edition rules and call it a day. So <laughs> maybe that's why they haven't yes. done it yet. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I'm sure there are people that have done it. Yes. But yeah. Any others that you can think of? Uh, my mother, the car. I don't. <laughs> Dibs on the car. <laughs> uh, what was that? What was that one about the haunted tire wheel or something? Mm-hmm. I don't remember, there was a movie about a haunted. Tire. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, oh oh, rubber. Rubber. There we go. <laughs> Son of a biscuit. Yeah, that movie wow. was weird. That's a callback. <laughs> That was the most surreal um, movie I've ever seen in my life. Here, let's let's uh, dabble with this one. It's been done as a video game, as many video games. Friday the 13th. Okay, yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess you know what the scenario is going to be, and I'm not sure if it's going to work as like an every week kind of campaign. It's No, well, but like, yeah, like it, Dread. Like Dread's a one-off. It would be a fine tabletop one-off. Tabletop yeah. RPG. yeah. Um, so what I think might be more interesting is if you kind of combine that with like, uh, Halloween, Halloween, yeah, uh, like a horror, nightmare like on a, Elm you're Street. being, you're being chased by a monster creature, right? It's right. kind of the, the camp survival game. Yeah. Well, yes. You know, I mean, if, if it's, if it's just the Friday the 13th, it's like, Oh, here comes Jason again. Okay, great. Whatever. Right. Well, you know, but it, but incorporating it or, you know, even the, another one is just the whole universal monsters. You know, they tried to make that into a film franchise. Oh, that would work better yeah. as a, movie, as a RPG thing, really, because like they, they even yeah. had like that kind of that core agency that was supposed to be investigating the monsters. Like you could all be agents of that and you're traveling yeah. the globe looking for different monsters. Yes, that could work. Here's one. Here's another one. Same same kind of genre. Saw. They've made enough movies. Why not a tabletop game? Because it would be really dumb. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't think know. Think about man. it. It's just think about well, it. it just you not as... and four other people are trapped in a room. You got to figure out stuff. It's just a yeah. so it's an escape room at that point. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. it just takes. You're just like, playing an escape room. The point of <laughs> Saw is it's like all weird and ghastly and whatever. It's like okay, my guy cuts his left arm off. Is like, you know, I don't know if it's gonna have the same yeah. kind of appeal as the movie. Do, so yeah. do I need to roll for that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Saw would right. Saw would probably work in Dread. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it would. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anything where you're expecting your main characters to die is going to be a little bit dodgy in an RPG, mainly because mm. knockout mechanics suck for board games, and it's even worse for RPGs. So it's like, okay, mm. well, Jason killed my whatever guy in the first 10 minutes, and so now I'm going to go watch TV and eat pizza pretzels while everybody else actually plays for three hours. Well, and this is kind of a question about the, the horror genre in general, and, and I, I guess I wish Brendan was here, because I'd love to ask him this, but yeah, part of the, the concept... That, 
seems to me that behind the horror genre is this feeling of helplessness. So how do you maintain player agency in a genre where the whole concept is you're something more powerful than you is coming after you? That's fair. You know what I mean? Yeah, the the yeah, real that's... the real trick to balancing I think is yeah, like you can't if you kill off your players too quickly, then there's not going to be any stakes, and there's not going to be any well, it's it's just not going to well, yeah. be fun for the people who get killed. But like mm-hmm. At the same time, if you can't get killed, then you don't have any danger. So, yeah, that's right. the trick. I, for example, for example, Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. You give them a proton pack so they can so they have some power over the mm-hmm. creatures. But then it's not really horror, it becomes more comedy and adventure, you know, type thing. Yeah. Definitely not. So, if horror. you give your players yeah. the ability to fight back, is it still horror, you know? That that would that would probably kind of merge with survival. Turn True. into kind yeah. of survival horror True. if they have to fend for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, maybe find resources, etc. Yeah, um, but yeah. But anyway, yeah, I didn't mean to kind of go off on a tangent oh. there, but that's no worries. It's the end of yeah. the episode, so I don't know who's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, mom. Oh man. Hi, mom. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, um, so you want to talk about quick, our little? Yeah, uh, let's let's talk about adventure? our off-air James Bond game. Yeah, uh, Zach and I uh, played the James Bond game kind of uh, off air uh, a couple weeks ago, and I did not. I think that, tell me how this. Went. I think that's how we. I think that's how we celebrated Steve's birthday, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah, we did celebrate Steve's birthday with with uh, playing a game without him. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, well, uh, Zach played what was it? 008? Double O. Yeah. One of them. Double oh eight, I think. Double oh no. Double oh three. Double oh three. That's that's what. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, uh, well, you know, we didn't do a, a, a game at a glance or a uh, reflection, reflection at the time, yeah. but uh, now that it's been a couple of weeks, you've thought about <laughs> what? What did you think? How did you feel? I I had a blast. It was a, a really fun story. Um, it was just a maybe what we what did we play an hour hour and a half maybe maybe yeah mm-hmm. if that. Because we weren't recording, so we couldn't tell. <laughs> I didn't have a little counter over here telling me how how long we've been recording. Right. But um. But yeah. So we created we uh, we created my character. Yeah. It was kind of a spur jumped, of the moment thing. We just yeah. We decided. jumped right into the story. Um. And and it, it it was very simple to to grasp, honestly. Yeah. Because again, Mark knew more of the story than I did. Uh, yeah. So he was able to facilitate a lot of that, yeah. the dice rolls. And Zach, since it was Zach just hadn't me, read the it was, rules. It was a, you know. <laughs> but nope, that's fair. Nope, uh-uh. <laughs> but no, but Mark I, didn't yeah, prepare yeah, me. Had, so it was like I say, it was, <laughs> it was for the moment. So that's fine. This is Mark's fault. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm in the clear here. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it was really fun. There was uh, there was a good balance of that whole espionage and uh, you know, mm-hmm. social situations mm-hmm. and the combat and you know getting into the action of, of things. Uh, it was a good fifty fifty. So good job, Mark. Um, but at, I remember at at the time during during playing, I had rolled my that's double right. O number. That's right, you did. <laughs> I had rolled my my double O number, and it was perfect. <laughs> Um, but it was just a lot of fun. There was a lot of, um, trying to figure mm-hmm. out people's motives and, you know, just a different mindset than I have been. Well, it was a really interesting because it was just one-on-one. 
it was just one player, one GM. Um, you know, mm-hmm. that was kind of the the dynamic, which I think was, uh, you know, worked really well for this game, I thought. Yeah. If we were thinking, we could have relaunched our True. one-on-one series. True. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Alas. But it was, it was really Maybe fun to pull, because that's a, one of the, the original games that I, I start, learned how to role-play with. So it was so cool for me to yeah. pull that out and blow the dust off and uh, get that uh, kicked in and, and mm-hmm. uh, try that. So, Was that a spur-of-the-moment story, or did you work on it for, for about a, a day, day or, or two? So I, or... I kind of threw some notes together yeah. and, uh, you know, didn't... Uh, yeah, because you let me know, you know, earlier in that in the week, yeah. and and so you you had yeah. a little bit of time to prepare that. But yeah, it was it was a really well put Good. together, quick story, um, and it was Good. a lot of fun. It was definitely, it was a it was a good amount yeah. for the yeah, session exactly. that we played. It was a you know it was a good yeah, th- for that. That's that why session. I was shooting for just something to kind of get a taste of what it was like and and yeah, uh, make sure it worked. Yeah, and and at the end of it. Uh, I suggested to Mark that we, uh, you know, make uh, lo- an agent lower the way the game character for for the way the uh, game Steven. works are okay. is there's three three character <laughs> levels. There's the double O, which which you played. There's uh, agent level and there's rookies. And basically, the way is, the game is designed is the number of player characters determines what a what level you are. So you have one player, you play a double O agent, and you play the James Bond, you know, going off by himself and doing everything. If you have two players, you make players, you make characters at the agent level. And uh, then, you know, the two players are basically you half the, the development points. So agents are, are half the, okay. the power yeah. of a double O agent. And that way you're, <laughs> you have to balance out your party a little bit better. Basic, basically, the double right, O yep, agent, right. <laughs> at the double O level, you're going to know everything. You're going to have all the skills. At the agent level, you got to start thinking about what you can't do. And then if you have four mm-hmm. players, you make characters at the uh, rookie level. And uh, then, you know, that's basically dividing up the, the, the points four ways. And then you really have to figure out who's doing what and uh, what your specialty is. Um, which, yeah. you know, that I've never played with more than two. Um, and I, I think yeah. that would be a hard time getting that James <laughs> Bond feel with that. You know, yeah, I, I, I just envisioned this, you know, playing, uh, well, I'm going to try and seduce Pussy Galore. Oh, I failed. Where? Let me try it. Uh, no, let me try it. Uh, I, okay. Yeah, I'll try it. I'll do it. You know, and everybody just kind of jumping in. It's like, eh, yeah, it's no, like... that's not. Oh, Sounds yeah, no. like the most recent. Game <laughs> yeah. <now. laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, exactly. I, I think it's it's a really good game for a very small group of people, um, and uh, yeah, it, uh-huh. I think I, I thought it worked really well one on one. So uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it as much yeah. as I did. Oh yeah, I loved it. And, and Steve, we need to make characters, <laughs> and we need to to go through some stories. Yeah, I'm a little bit there. jealous. Okay. I want to try that. I, that sounds okay. like a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And and we'll get that yes. nice party balance now, between now the two. Now specifically, of us. Yeah. well, kind of, it was a little bit of a bastardization because I have all the original books, but the game is no longer in print. Mm-hmm. So uh, what okay. we we also used um, classified, which is a uh, we've talked about on the show, is a clone 
of the game. Yeah. So, yeah. Of the original. Yeah. So it's it's of the original. Very much. Yeah. Very very similar. But uh, that's what we would uh, what we used to play. Yeah. Enough enough to to yeah. get the the flavor that we need or the the rules that right. we need without the flavor the exact flavor yeah. mm-hmm. of so, the specific uh, so yeah, IP. That, uh, yeah. Definitely do that sometime. Yeah. Very sweet. something else. Yep. Kind of on on the same flavor as mm. uh, you know with the agents and everything. It Does had Men a, in Black uh, have a, a West End? West End. I think we talked. Did we talk about game? that while you were while you disappeared? Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mentioned that. West one. End yeah. Games put out a Men in Black game. Uh, it was uh, kind of basically based loosely on the Ghostbusters. Um, Fifth <laughs> edition. No. <laughs> but okay. uh, yeah, it same really concept. it didn't gotcha. work. It was really not a very good representation, but Men in Black would be a great IP, yeah. I think, for a role playing. Yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah, that would so. be really cool. But anyways, okay. yeah, we've talked on long enough, I think. But <laughs> thank you, gentlemen, for joining me today, and uh, and it's been fun like always. And that's it for this episode of Tabletop Radio Hour. Like always, you can find this episode on soundcloud.com slash tabletopradiohour and on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter at TabletopCast if you have any questions or comments. You can join us over on facebook.com slash tabletopradiohour for regular updates. We also have an email address that is tabletopradiohour at gmail.com. Our website, tabletopradiohour.wordpress.com. You can find information about our Patreon page on our website. I want to thank you all for listening and keep rolling 20s.